0: On today's episode of The Door Report, presented by Alaco Hardwood Flooring, we're joined by Kevin Ingram, the current play-by-play broadcaster for Vanderbilt men's basketball, with the departure of the beloved Joe Fisher. Kevin has comfortably stepped into his new role on West End alongside Tim Thompson on 93.3 FM. Kevin gives his analysis on Vanderbilt's 20-point loss at Davidson last night and where this team stands a week away from the SEC opener against Florida. He also gives his thoughts on the Clark Lee hire and maybe gives a Bobby Johnson impersonation. Stay tuned for all that and much more coming up here on The Door Report.
1: Let's ride. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation. Anchor down.
0: Welcome back into The Door Report. It is episode 60. It is Wednesday, December 23rd. We are, as always, presented by the great folks at Alaco Hardwood Flooring. Once again, I'm unable to be joined by my typical co-host, Will Byram, but I'm still here, ready to rock and roll, and we've got a great show for you today. On the slate, later in the pod, we've got Kevin Ingram, the current radio broadcaster for Vanderbilt men's basketball alongside Tim Thompson there on 93.3 FM. It's where you can hear the radio calls for those guys. He joins the podcast to talk about where Vanderbilt basketball is right now as a program. They've lost two games now to Atlantic 10 opponents. They lost by 20 points last night to Davidson. Uh, Pretty tough way uh, to go out there on the road last night, but we'll talk about where this team is right now, and and Kevin's impressions um, on the group. But before we get to the breaking news, it's now time to send it over to our brand new voiceover artist, Gary Scales. Take a listen.
1: Today's breaking news is brought to you by the Recycling Dudes. You may ask, who are the Recycling Dudes? Well, they're brothers Graydon and Chapman and their dad. Drew Smith, who is a Metro Nashville firefighter, living in West Mead. The Recycling Dudes recognize the need for a service that would take glass to the recycling for busy homeowners who care about our environment. They pick up your glass, separate it, and take it to be recycled. They offer monthly service as well as one-time party pickup, starting as low as $10 per month. All you have to do is sign up on their website at RecyclingDudes.com. All right, there you heard it. You know, the Door Report has been revamped when we've got Gary
0: Scales, one of the better voiceover artists uh, here in the Nashville area, doing doing some work for us. So, again, we're honored to have him uh, now a part of us and our team here at the Door Report. But right now, it's time to uh, get a quick recap in before our interview with Kevin Ingram. Final score from last night, Davidson 85, Vanderbilt 65. Davidson improves to 5-3 and three on the season, while Vanderbilt falls falls to 3-2. and two leading scorer for the Commodores, Scotty Pippen Jr., 24 points. He also had three assists. Behind him was Dylan DeSue. That's uh, become a theme. Another double-double for Dylan, 13 points, 11 rebounds. He also had DJ Harvey finally start to uh, show a little bit of what uh, he can provide for this team. He had 12 points uh, in 28 minutes. So, uh, DJ Harvey definitely stepped up in, in that way. But again, more production will be needed from him um, as the third scorer on this team. Looking at some other scorers, it's it's hard to find a, another player that, that has really stepped into a bigger role. Cleavon Brown had five points. Tyron Lawrence started uh, last night against Davidson at four points. Quentin Malora Brown had two points. Trey Thomas, uh, the guard, had three points. And Max Evans, two points. Maxwell Evans. Um, Is a guy that um, I think a lot of Vanderbilt fans are kind of puzzled by this season. Um, You know, he he seems to have been affected a little bit by um, you know this 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 weird season. I I mean, there's a lot of teams that 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 have been affected, and every team in college basketball is dealing with the same stuff. So um, I'm not even sure if that's an excuse anymore. But it seems as if there could be something deep, something deeper with Maxwell Evans because he hasn't even been starting. Um, He did not start last night. Starting five was Pippin. Uh, Harvey, DeSue, uh, Lawrence, and Malora Brown. So the rotations were were pretty crazy to kind of watch last night. Quentin Malora Brown only played 12 minutes. He got into early foul trouble. And without Quentin malora Brown, this team really struggles um, in terms of rebounded. The Commodores, speaking of rebounding, were out-rebounded uh, by Davidson 47-29. to And that is a glaring stat because – Heading into SEC play against a lot of really really physical teams, you will get absolutely manhandled um, if you're the Commodore. So that is a glaring stat for Coach Stackhouse. And <laughs> after the game, Coach Stack was asked for an opening statement by a reporter, and he said, "Plain and simple, we got our ass kicked." and And that was his opening statement. Um, I think for a lot of Andy fans, that's that's uh, uh, something something good to hear after. Um, A lot of what coach Mason would say after games and and even Bryce drew, but um, you know, nonetheless Vanderbilt just looked horrible. I mean, there's really no sugarcoating it. They didn't shoot the ball well at all from three again, 30%. That's actually an improvement from their first three games, believe it or not against Mississippi Valley state. They shot 27% from three Richmond, 27% from three Radford, 29% from three. So this team is, is, at least from my point of view, does not look like a great shooting team. I mean, through five games, I think five games is enough of a sample size to see that this team is a poor shooting team. And I, I now they could just be cold here to start the season through five games, which is is unprecedented. I mean, I, I through five games, you're shooting thirty less than 30% from three-point range. I think it's easy to say this team is not a good shooting team. Um, there's not that knockdown shooter that they can rely on to kick it out and knock it down. I thought that was going to be a guy like DJ Harvey. He hasn't taken nearly as many threes as I thought. Um, a guy like Tyron Lawrence isn't shooting well from three either. He was 0 for three. Piffin Jr., went. He, he's he's streaky at times as well. DeSue has not shot the ball well from three at all this season. So that has been the X factor this season. You know, Forget about the scoring droughts. A lot of those scoring droughts have been caused by wide open threes being, you know, just horribly missed. And and for the Commodores, that's that's what that's kind of been their calling card, you know, especially under Stallings. Bryce Drew had some great shooters. NeSmith was a great shooter. I think we have taken for granted as Vanderbilt fans the good shooters we've had through the years with Shane Foster, Derek Byers, John Jenkins, uh, Tinsley, Taylor, NeSmith. Um, even Garland for, for for as long as we had him, but boy, this team—I I think I've come to the conclusion that they are not—they're just not a great shooting team. Um, and I don't think I don't I don't have any trouble saying that. Uh, but once again, just really tough performance. Coach Stackhouse um, was back on the court coaching. Uh, obviously, he's got probably likely a lot on his mind with the passing of his father recently. I can't imagine trying to coach um, you know, when you've got that in the back of your mind, um, but also this team at a 16 day layoff and, and they're still trying to adjust to that. So I think there are, you know, a lot of coaches like to say no excuses. And I don't think Stackhouse is an excuse giver. I'm not saying that, but there are some built-in excuses, I think for this team. Um, the 16 day layoff, DJ Harvey does not look conditioned at all. And a lot of these other guys look a little sluggish, like they're just simply not ready to play. Um, so I think this team, the the layoff hurt them, and a lot of the cancellations as well. Um, you know, I, I think they they definitely needed those games in the Legends Classic to kind of you know see where they were and get their footing. Um, but thank goodness that uh, that they play again before Florida on the thirtieth because they definitely needed. They'll play Alcorn State this Sunday, three o'clock tip, and Memorial Gym. Uh, that'll be on SEC Network Alternate. You can also hear Kevin Ingram and Tim Thompson on 93.3 FM on your radio dial. Speaking of Kevin Ingram, he's coming right up. And unfortunately, again, wish I could have gotten my co-host Will Byram here uh, to help me out with this one. But the current radio broadcaster for Vanderbilt men's basketball on 93.3 FM, He's I like to call him the Swiss Army knife of Nashville um, broadcasting, he is uh, he's he's built himself into a legend here in the Nashville area. He uh, stepped down from his duties at Belmont, but now he serves as the play-by-play broadcaster for Vanderbilt Men's Basketball on ninety-three point three FM. Coming right up, Mister Kevin Ingram. Stay tuned. I know you all can't wait to hear my interview with Kevin Ingram coming right up, but before. We get to that. I'm going to send it over to Gary Scales once again for our title sponsor, Alaco Hardwood Flooring. Take a listen.
1: No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flooring job to Alaco Hardwood Flooring. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your flooring job started today by logging on to alacohardwoodflooring.com or by calling 615 356 0303, Alaco hardwood flooring. Perfect floors, whatever your style.
0: We are back here on the door report, and I'm happy to be joined by Kevin Ingram, the radio voice of the Vanderbilt Commodores, uh, all came with Commodore athletics now. Uh, Stepping in for Joe Fisher on 93.3 FM. He's also broadcasted Vanderbilt basketball and baseball games before on the sec network alternate channel. Uh, He's done sidelines for Vanderbilt football for 16 years. He also hosted the wake up zone weekday mornings on one Oh four five, the zone. And, and he's also the former voice of Belmont. So now Kevin, uh, first off, welcome to, you know, to, to your new gig at Vanderbilt and, and, and uh, you know, it's glad to hear your voice again.
2: I appreciate it, Billy. Yeah. uh, Not everything's been finalized on, on all of it. Um, uh, I'm doing men's basketball through the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Still some decisions to be made, but it's very cool to be in that role. And of course, Joe is one of my best friends and has been for years. So uh, uh, yeah, the, the chance to, uh, to do that and sit in that chair uh, for, for, for however it works uh, is a big honor. So very cool, and uh, certainly still thinking about Joe and wishing him all the best. To me, he will always be the voice of the Commodores. That, that, that's uh, for certain yeah, for me. Yeah, I, I think Commodore
0: <laughs> fans are all in agreement with you there. It's just kind yeah. of synonymous with Vanderbilt Athletics. And uh, But, yeah, you've definitely done a great job stepping in. And um, we'll definitely hop into, you know, the Clark Lee hiring at Vanderbilt Football. But I want to kind of dive into basketball here first. Obviously, you've done, you know, a couple games here early in the season. And and this team, Kevin, it's, it's, it's interesting because they – they're probably, un- they're probably in a small group of college basketball teams that really haven't been able to play as many games as they might have wanted to to start this season. They were supposed to play in the Legends Classic, which a lot of Andy fans were, I think, looking forward to. But um, sitting at 3-2 and two right now, they've lost to a couple of Atlantic 10 teams. From your perspective, Kevin, what has been kind of the crux of, of, of this team's issues right now so far? And, and, and you know how, how can they kind of you know, go about you know, with these issues heading into SEC play because they got Florida on December 30th?
2: Yeah, it's been an interesting little run here. You know, they they played the opener against Valparaiso right after Thanksgiving, and then they had a 16-day break between games before they played Mississippi Mm -hmm. Valley State. They came back and played that one uh, a week ago Sunday, and then they played, um, you know, played a couple more games since then. Uh, We did the game last night. They played at Davidson. Uh, It was it was close into the second half, and then Davidson pulled away as the night went along. They started to hit some threes. Uh, Scotty Pippen Junior. is having a fantastic season Mm -hmm. so far. Uh, He scored at least 24 in, in four out of the five games. Uh, but, you know, finding other scoring options to go with them is going to be a big challenge for Jerry Stackhouse. Dylan who's a really talented player. He can do a lot of stuff. He can shoot pretty well. Uh, we saw that against uh, Mississippi Valley State. Uh, you know, they played a really good Richmond team after that. Uh, they were down by 24 at the break, cut it all the way to nine. They really, I thought the second half against uh, Richmond was maybe the best half they played. Uh, they played Radford and won a close one. It was a low-scoring, kind of grinding, very physical game. And then the game last night against a, a Davidson team that shoots a lot of threes. They had three really good guards, and uh, they, they were a handful to deal with, especially once they started to make shots. But uh, for Vanderbilt, you know, finding, A, an inside presence and, B, just consistent shooting from three is a big challenge. I think D.J. Harvey is a guy, they, they want to be one of those uh, scorers from the perimeter for sure. But, uh, yeah, just, just finding some – Finding some more scoring to go with Scottie Pippen Jr. and Dylan DeSue. They have some pretty talented young guards, but uh, I don't think Jerry Stackhouse really wants his point guard to be his leading scorer. He told me that yesterday, but – uh in this case, you might not have a whole lot of choice. You may have to just – it is what it is, and then you try to figure out what else you have to go with it.
0: Yeah, no doubt. You mentioned the uh, the Richmond game earlier. I think Vanderbilt has probably played the two best teams in the Atlantic 10, it seems. And, and you know, <laughs> the Atlantic 10 has always been a very solid college basketball conference, but, um, you know, we'll see how Davidson and Richmond end up, um, you know, uh, performing the rest of the season. You touched on sh- uh, three-point shooting, Kevin, and, and Mississippi Valley State 27%. Richmond, 27%. Radford, 29%. They were 30% again last night. After, through, you know, five games, this team, they haven't really improved from three-point range. Have, have, you know, have you come to the conclusion yet that this is just not a very good three-point shooting team or or they're they're in a very, very cold streak right now because this is not normal for a Vanderbilt team?
2: Yeah, dude, normally they, they have the the knockdown shooter. It can, uh, you know, catch and shoot, make threes. Aaron Neesmith was certainly that guy before he got hurt last year. I mean, he was shooting 50% from mm-hmm. three when he got injured. Um, I, you know, this is a very small sample size, and you hope this trend won't continue. The thing is, it's not like they're taking bad shots or really contested shots or hands in the face. I mean, th- these are wide-open looks and aren't going down. So. And they're taking uh, a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, and they're taking a lot of them. That, that, that's exactly right. I mean, a, a big percentage of their shots are, are from three-point land. Uh, so when you get that, those opportunities, they, they run some good stuff. They get some good mm-hmm. looks, but uh, you got to hit those shots. You know, basketball is a make or miss game. I know that's kind of cliche, but there's a lot of truth to that. And you know, last night, uh, some of the threes they made were after the game was out of hand. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Davidson didn't really shoot it very well either for the first probably two-thirds of the game. But, man, once those guards they had got going, uh, Lee and Collins and, and Kellen Grady, uh, they, they, were, they were hard to stop. They're, they're a really good team. They'll, they'll have a nice season in the A-10. And I, I thought that Richmond team – was probably about as good as anybody will see this season, Um, with, with the exception of maybe a couple of teams in the SEC uh, I, I would think they could probably finish upper third in the Southeastern Conference. That team was that good. They had wow. really nice guards. They had a good big man who was really versatile. Um, mm-hmm. I like that team a lot, and kind uh, of be looking forward to, to seeing what happens with them later on.
0: Yeah, with that victory over Kentucky, I think a lot of eyes were opened, and, and you mm-hmm. know they ended up beating Vanderbilt as well. So um, you touched on the um, well, yeah, you know, obviously Coach Stackhouse was upset, and, and he ended up getting tossed at the end of the game, and um, you know we've seen that a little bit from Coach Stackhouse. He's he's been you know he's he's not. A to voice his opinion, you know, towards the refs and, and just like many other coaches around college basketball. And I think for a lot of Vanderbilt fans, you know, it's it's kind of a pleasant surprise, but obviously you don't want your coach to get kicked out. So yeah. um, for Coach Stackhouse, you know, you were, you called the game along with Tim Thompson. From your perspective, did he have, you know, were his complaints warranted and, and you know, do you... You know, what, what kind of a way, you know, was the game going for him to be kicked out? Obviously, it was, it was not going well, but, you know, how much of an effect do you think those calls had on the game?
2: Uh, I mean, at the point in the game where he got the two technicals and was ejected, the game was pretty much over at that point. It was toward mm-hmm. the end. Um, I think he was upset that there wasn't a foul called. I believe the play involved Scotty Pippen Jr. Mm-hmm. We, we didn't really have a chance to ask him about it after the game. Uh, the logistics for uh, we were doing the game remotely. So it was, yeah, we, we didn't really have any audio from the arena first of all. And then, you know, not, not, it was just hard logistically to, to mm-hmm. have a conversation with either Jerry or somebody else about what happened there. So I don't, I don't really want to speculate on mm-hmm. you know what, what exactly the deal was. I think for him, I would say the emotions are probably running really high for him. You know, his father passed away uh, last week, and he, he had been away from the team on Saturday to uh, attend his father's memorial uh, when Vanderbilt played Radford. Uh, the assistant coaches kind of shared the responsibility. So I, I'm sure for Stack, it was just sort of a culmination of a lot of things and the frustration with the way the game was going and then some calls that he didn't like. And uh, that, that would be my guess on what happened there.
0: Yeah, and you know, obviously with Coach Stackhouse, you know, prayers up to him and his family. It's just a tough situation there, and um, you know, hopefully he continues to, um, you know, to, to kind of do what he can with this team because they got a um, they got an interesting matchup, you know, on, on Sunday, and then they get jump into SEC play. Kevin, for this <laughs> team. Um, what's I, I we we asked um, you know our, our last our last guest Willie Donick on the podcast what a potential ceiling could be, um, and he said you know maybe a three win improvement you know six wins potentially in the SEC um, with the way you've seen this team play this season, what kind of a a product could we see an SEC play because with the physicality in the SEC this team's gonna have to improve on the rebounding again would you agree?
2: Oh yeah I definitely agree with that and and you know maybe Willie's uh, assessment is it may be pretty accurate. Um, it, it's hard to say because you don't really know what these sec teams are going to look like either. Um, yeah, you've had some surprises. Missouri has been way better than expected. Arkansas is off to a good start, but it has to play that tough of a schedule. Uh, you know, Florida without Keontae Johnson, uh, you, you don't know what, what that team's going to be like, You know, which will be Vanderbilt's uh, conference mm-hmm. opening opponent. Kentucky's off to a terrible start. They won in yeah. five and have Louisville on Saturday and, um, it may get worse before it gets better for, for (laughs) Calipari's group. Uh, Tennessee is really, really good. They're legit. Uh, This is the best team that that they've had since Rick Barnes has been there. Uh, But yeah, you got some pretty talented teams, but you know, here the wild card in this whole season is the COVID situation. Uh, You you don't know if players are going to get shut down, if teams are going to get shut down. I saw where Kentucky and South Carolina was just postponed uh, earlier Mm -hmm. today. Um, So you you don't know what these teams are going to look like when you get to the point where you play them. So, that may be something where if if you have a roster full of pretty healthy guys and they're missing some people or you know they they still have some guys that are away after a little shutdown or layoff, uh, maybe it works to your advantage. So to me, it's this whole season is going to be an interesting thing to see if you can get all all of the games in, first of all, and and to see what these teams look like at the point you play them because you you might play a team in January. And uh, they're in good shape and you might get to February and it's completely different or or vice versa. It's going to be uh, really, really interesting to see how this uh, conference season plays out.
0: Yeah, and, and I think a lot of people heading into this college basketball season were um, really kind of, you know, not sure where, where it would go and how it would go. Mm-hmm. So um, college football obviously has been, um, sup- you know, I've been surprised that, you know, they've been able to actually um, get to this point in the season. But diving kind of back into this Vanderbilt team, Kevin, um, w- w- with, with Pippen playing so well, obviously he's, he's averaging, what, 25 points a game. And you obviously have Dylan DeSue kind of right behind him. Jerry Stackhouse has talked about kind of finding that third guy, that that third or fourth kind of guy to to you know add to the scoring, and, and it seems to me that they haven't necessarily found that guy. I, I think a lot of Vanderbilt yeah. fans were were looking at DJ Harvey potentially step into that, but he's you know from what we've heard, start you know still working into his conditioning and 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 trying to find his his role. He played a little bit better uh, last night, but um, who do you think that guy should be, Kevin? And 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 who do you think? Um, you know, Coach Stackhouse kind of wants it to be, because, you know, I think the elephant in the room is that DJ Harvey just has not necessarily, you know, played up to a lot of our potential, you know, maybe, maybe he's, you know, this is, this is who he is, but um, for Vanderbilt fans, DJ Harvey has kind of been, you know, kind of a non-factor.
2: With DJ, I'm not ready to say that, uh, that he's, it's going to be kind of a a disappointment just yet, because part of it was he, he was away for, you know, he's a, he's away for 16 days and then he missed more games after that. So uh, mm. he's just now coming back. I mean, he played against Radford on Saturday and then played last night against Davidson scored 12 points last night, hit a, hit a three in each half. So, uh, you know, maybe he's that guy once he gets his legs back under him a little bit, uh, you know, same thing for Cleavon Brown. He just has not really looked like himself in the two games he's been back. And, you know, and again, it's just a, kind of getting back into that game shape when you have you know, played in, in more than two weeks. I really like these young guards, though. Trey Thomas, seen seems pretty good work out of him. He, he had a 15.5 rebound game, I believe it was, in the game against Richmond, did a lot of good stuff in the second half. They've been starting Tyron Lawrence, the, uh, the freshman from Georgia, who uh, you know, was Mr. Basketball down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, expect, you know, I, I think either, either one or both of those guys uh, really have a, a bright future ahead. I, I like the smaller lineup they played uh, in the second half against Richmond. They put to at the five and then basically, mm-hmm. uh, you know, played Pippin and those guys I just mentioned. And, you know, some of Braley Albert, who's, he's a pretty good glue guy. You know, you won't, you won't <laughs> see a lot of what he does in the box score, but he does a lot of good things. He makes things happen when he's out there. Um, Quentin Melora Brown, you know, they'll, they'll need him to come along and give him some inside presence, just finding some production down low and, and some guys to guard in the paint. Uh, whether it's Melora Brown or you know, Cleavon Brown, you hope you know, he'll, he'll get back to, to full speed and, and be ready to roll and uh, have a good season there. You still wonder if Eduk Obina can you know, take a step forward. We, we've seen him have flashes over the last couple seasons, so um, they, they have a lot of options. Uh, I, I've always been a big fan of Jordan Wright. He did not play at all last night. Uh, mm-hmm. I still haven't really heard uh, the explanation on, on what the uh, situation was with him, but. He scored 17 with seven boards a couple of games ago, and uh, he's got kind of a guy with a big body, sort of a big guard. He can mm-hmm. play, you can know, play three and, uh, you know, he can get in there and, and mix it up a little bit. But um, I don't know, they, they have some options. It's just a matter of, you know, which, which of these guys are going to deliver. They're, they're going to need somebody to deliver uh, certainly some more scoring.
0: No doubt about that. And, uh, you know, they definitely could have used Jordan Wright last night, his physicality and and scoring ability. Uh, Vanderbilt will face off Sunday against uh, Alcorn State. So, Kevin, again, Mm -hmm. uh, that'll be – that's – that's um, that's a couple of days after Christmas. So uh, you'll still be on the call there um, with, with Tim mm-hmm. Thompson. So looking forward to that and kind of jumping back into basketball, we got Kevin Ingram here, voice of the Commodores back into football, rather Clark Lee is the new head coach uh, at Vanderbilt and he's a Nashville guy. He's a graduate of Bell Academy. And um, a lot of Vanderbilt fans I think are starting to learn more about him and, and hear him talk. And, and, you know, he, he kind of has that new voice, voice, a fresh voice that um, you know, after seven years of coach Mason, yes, Coach Mason brought, um, you know, some victories over Tennessee, a lot of, a lot of good things um, that I think some Vanderbilt fans forget about. But it is a fresh voice, a fresh coach. What are your early thoughts here on, on, uh, on Clark Lee and, um, and, and what his potential could be uh, at Vanderbilt? Uh,
2: Bill, I was pretty impressed with Clark Lee. Uh, you know, you're talking about coaches winning the press conference. There's no question he won the press conference on Sunday. Uh, he, he did a great job with that part of it. Um, I, I interviewed him for probably 15 minutes or so after he was done with all that a little later on Sunday. And, uh, I, I came away really, really impressed. Um, uh, just said all the right things. He has the perspective of, of a guy who's from Nashville who played at Vanderbilt, uh, back in, you know, from 2002 to 2004, which, uh, coincidentally were the first season that I did sidelines, uh, for oh, the radio yeah. network, uh, with, with Joe and, and John Gromos and, um, I just came away thinking, man, this seems like the perfect fit for the job and what they need. Um, You know, he seems to have a good plan and a good grasp of uh, what needs to be done uh, as far as as involving former players and just understanding the the situation and and what it takes to win. And uh, it was just a really interesting conversation with him. And uh, I know, first of all, he'll have his – he's kind of doing double duty right now as he finishes up the season with Notre Dame. You know, they're going to be in in the playoff and then uh, we'll divert his full attention or devote his full attention to Vanderbilt after that. But uh, I, I came away like thinking, okay, I, I see it. Uh, I understand why uh, Candace and Tommy were, were so high on this guy and felt yeah. like he was the one. And, you know, I, I think around the country, when people looked at this higher, they said, okay, that makes a ton of sense right there. It's uh, a guy who's, you know, have been a rising star in coaching really good job as a defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. He's made several other stops where he's, learned along the way. So um, I I think everybody uh, felt like that was a, a very solid hire. Um, which is, you know, hiring a football coach in the SEC is, is always, uh, you know, the, the top priority for uh, an athletic director <laughs> when that time comes. And uh, I, I thought they uh, did a good job with this one. No question about it.
0: Yeah. I think uh, me including with a lot of other people are waiting on the Clark Lee uh, impersonation. Uh, we'll have to see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to see. Yeah, how I can in, <laughs> now, now I can imitate his coach uh, Bobby Johnson back in the
2: day. That, that was uh, one of my favorites. Uh, you know, it was funny when, you know, Bobby Johnson, he, he, was a, he was a great guy. And uh, Clark was a good coach. Uh, but, um, you know, funny story. When Bobby Johnson was coach, he, he got wind that I did the impersonation. And, uh, apparently his, his wife had heard it on the radio. And so we're on a road trip at Florida one time. It's like the Friday night before the game. And I'm out with the, with the radio crew. We're having dinner. And we, we see uh, Catherine, his wife, and, and some of the other coaches' wives at another table. And, and they – they sent somebody to over our table. Said, uh, "Coach's wife wants to hear the impersonation. Can you come over <laughs> here and do it?" I was like, "Man, I think it might be time for me to slide
0: on out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get out of here
1: before something bad happens." Yeah, more something
0: bad happens. That's, right. <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll be waiting on the Clarkley impersonation. That. Uh, and Kevin, I think we're out of time, but uh, definitely we could we could talk a lot about a lot more about Clark Lee. But uh, again, sure. good luck on the call Sunday against Alcorn State. Have a merry Christmas, and and thank you so much for taking the time.
2: Anytime, Billy. Yeah. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. Pre- appreciate you having me on the show. And uh, yeah, just, just holler anytime I uh, can help you. Appreciate yeah,
0: th- it. Th- thanks a lot, Kevin. Have a good one. Okay. You too. That'll do it for episode 60. Another milestone episode for everyone here at the door report presented by Alaco Hardwood flooring. Big thanks to Kevin Ingram, the current play-by-play broadcaster for Vanderbilt men's basketball alongside Tim Thompson. There are on 93.3 FM. Good luck to him and his crew there with the call on Sunday. Merry Christmas to all of you. Have a, an enjoyable uh, holiday uh, with you and your family. And uh, can't wait to get back at it. Not sure when the next podcast will be, but again, thank you so much. You've been listening to Episode 60 of The Door Report, presented by Laco Hardwood Flooring.